0: For your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.
1: Good morning. I'm Deborah Valentine. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News, along with sports weather, traffic, and business. Here's your top five at five.
0: This this is the top five at five.
1: New York Governor Kathy Hochul plans to meet tomorrow with Manhattan's soft-on-crime DA, Alvin Bragg. The body of fallen NYPD officer Wilbert Mora has been transferred from a hospital to a funeral home, while services for his fallen partner, Jason Rivera, begin today. President Joe Biden will have a vacancy to fill on the U.S. Supreme Court. Progressives are pressuring him to keep a campaign promise to fill that vacancy with a black woman. Russia's threatened to take retaliatory measures if the U.S. and its allies reject Moscow's demands over the Ukraine crisis. Old man winners on approach as a nor'easter heads our way from North Carolina up to a foot of snow could fall. A high-stakes meeting tomorrow between New York's Governor Kathy Hochul and Manhattan's new soft-on-crime DA Alvin Bragg. The governor told the New York Post that she has warned Bragg she's prepared to use her powers as governor to reverse his soft-on-crime policies issued in a 17-page memo January 3rd. Now, Hokel says she wants to make sure she and the progressive DA are in alignment. The governor in the past, though, has said that people don't quite understand why there is a need for bail reform.
2: Two individuals accused of identical crimes, offenses, even stealing a backpack. And one person goes to Rikers for three years because they couldn't post bail. Another person whose parents have money or they're living in the suburbs and uh, can, they can head back after posting bail to their jobs, to school, and a different life. That is what bail reform set out to do. And so I stand behind that fundamental premise.
1: Governor Hochul will reportedly meet with the Proud at her New York City office. That's on 3rd Avenue here in Manhattan. Bragg's memo directing staff to drop certain misdemeanor cases or not seek bail at all or prison time and others. Nine prosecutors quit and protest Bragg's memo, sparking outrage and a petition for his recall. A long line of blue, hundreds of NYPD officers saluted as the body of fallen NYPD officer Wilbert Moore was taken from NYU Langone to a funeral home yesterday. The 27-year-old officer died on Tuesday. His partner, Jason Rivera, died Friday after the two were shot in Harlem while responding to a domestic violence call. Live on New York, CEO Leonard A. Chan told News 12 that Morris saved lives, even in death, by having his organs donated.
3: A single organ donor can save up to eight individuals' lives and with tissue donation can change the lives of as many as 50 people.
1: All right, and live on CEO Leonard H. there. Rivera's Wake, meanwhile, is today at St. Patrick's Cathedral in Manhattan from 1 to 8 p.m. His funeral mass Friday at 9 a.m., followed by private burial in Westchester County. Moore's Wake is next Tuesday and his funeral Wednesday also at St. Patrick's Cathedral. President Joe Biden plans to keep a campaign promise of nominating a black woman to the U.S. Supreme Court. 83-year-old Justice Stephen Breyer is stepping down at the end of the current term. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki reinforcing Biden's promise yesterday. Does President Biden plan to honor his pledge to nominate a black woman to the court?
4: Well, I've commented on this previously. The president has uh, stated and reiterated his commitment to nominating a black woman to the Supreme Court and certainly uh, stands by that.
1: Biden and Breyer plan to hold an event at the White House later today to formally announce Breyer's plans to retire. Breyer is the oldest justice on the high court. He's been under pressure from liberal activists to retire on Biden's shortlist. are U.S. Circuit Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson and Leander Kruger, a justice on California's Supreme Court, and U.S. District Judge J. Michelle Childs. Oh, a threat from Russia all over the Ukraine crisis. Russia has threatened, it did so on Wednesday, to take retaliatory measures if the United States and its allies reject Russian President Vladimir Putin's security demands. Putin's statement ramps up already high tensions over Russia's potential invasion of Ukraine. Here's NATO Secretary Jen Stoltenberg.
4: This takes place under the disguise of an exercise but it integrates very much the Russian forces and the Belarusian forces. And these are highly capable combattity troops. And there is no transparency on these deployments.
1: The Kremlin wants the U.S. to provide written guarantees that Ukraine and other former Soviet bloc states would never be allowed to join NATO. Russia also wants the Western alliance to roll back troop deployments in Eastern Europe. Now, Russia has more than 100,000 troops staged at Ukraine's border, and it denies plans of an impending invasion, instead claiming it's countering its military actions by the United States and European uh, allies ramping up troops in Eastern Europe. All right, 787 WABC time check 507. Time for Mike Garcia at the traffic desk.
3: Thank you, Deb. Over at Mount Vernon, an exit is blocked off at Hutchinson River Parkway southbound at exit 6A. Another exit is blocked off on I-87 northbound and exit 1 at Yonkers. Over to Staten Island on the Ver- Verrazano Bridge for lower level westbound, all lanes are closed due to road construction. As a reminder, both east and westbound, west 135th Street between 7th and 5th Avenue are closed due to last Friday's fatal police shooting. On 5th Avenue today, there will be a wake service at St. Patrick's Cathedral for Officer Jason Rivera from 1 to 8 p.m. So, expect delays and closures during service. Ultimate side parking rules are in effect today. I'm Mike
1: Garcia with your travel report on 77 WABC. Your forecast from the Ramsey Monster Weather Center. Sunshine today, our highs of 32, increase in clouds overnight, the low around 27. Friday, cloudy skies, a high near 36. Flurries are possible. Then the possibility of 12 inches of snow late Friday night into Saturday morning. Right now, 19 degrees. Winter storm watch is in effect. And our last story in our top five at five. Yes, that nor'easter is on the move. Expected to blanket the New York City area with up to a foot of snow Friday into Saturday. Higher amounts forecast for Long Island and Connecticut. Meteorologist Mike Haddad of WMUR-TV has the forecast. Many things could change, but based on the current thinking,
3: It looks like heavy snow is possible for some. The best case for that would be closer to the coast this time around, as the storm should be far enough offshore that it's all light, fluffy snow and the heaviest precipitation tallies closer to the coastline. The
1: heaviest snowfall expected to start around midnight front into early Saturday. While the Big Apple could get up to between 8 and 12 inches of snow, parts of eastern Long Island may see up to 18 inches before the quick-hitting storm leaves the region. Wind gusts could hit as high as 45 miles per hour. Well, threats of an impeachment inquiry against President Joe Biden. Republican Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas is slamming the Biden administration's response to the border crisis. Senator Cotton responded to a question by Fox News personality Laura Ingram, whether a GOP-controlled House of Representatives could actually bring up a serious perhaps impeachment inquiry just on the issue of the border alone. I think
2: what the Department of Homeland Security has done to undermine American sovereignty, to open our borders, to undercut wages and jobs for the American workers, is probably the most egregious. And they're open about it. Secretary Mayorkas has said it in speeches that being illegally present in the country is no longer even a priority for deportation. They admit, admit these things publicly.
1: Figures from U.S. Customs and Border Protection officials show Immigrant encounters and apprehensions up for the month of December. There were 178,000 illegal immigrant encounters at the U.S.-Mexico border, up 2% from November. Meanwhile, Border Patrol officials apprehended over 135,000 illegal immigrants, attempting to enter the U.S., a 5% increase during that same time period. An Asian-American man violently attacked back in 2019 is now suing San Francisco DA Chesa Budin. Attorneys for 69 year old on Lee accused the prosecutor of mishandling the Asian American man's case. Now, this man was followed in Chinatown out in San Francisco by a father and son who allegedly brutally attacked him in 2019. The son allegedly hitting the man with a baseball bat. Lee says his attackers even threatened to kill him. But the San Francisco D.A. refused to prosecute the case. The father, Jimmy Tanner Sr., avoided jail time through a plea deal. Now neither was charged with a hate crime. San Francisco mayor at London Breed this week condemned the increase in hate crimes against the Asian community during the past year.
2: This is an
4: extraordinary community, and I am heartbroken, I'm frustrated, I'm embarrassed, I'm angry about the violence that has continued to impact many of the people who are part of our Asian community, but especially our seniors.
1: The director of communications for Bowden's office told Fox News Digital yesterday that Bowden has been a steadfast advocate for improved victim services and support for the AAPI community this 11-page suit filed Monday in the Northern District of California. Well, the filing of a lease suit came one day before San Francisco police announced a 567 percent increase in hate crimes against both Asian-American and Pacific Islander individuals. Such hate crimes are believed to be higher because many victims, out of fear, failed to report. San Francisco police chief is William Scott, and he says people should not be seeing these disturbing numbers.
0: We, the San Francisco Police Department, we, the people of San Francisco, we, as a community, we have to turn that around.
1: Police believe that 36-year-old Derek Burrito, for example, who was arrested last August, is responsible for more than half of the incidents reported last year, half those hate crimes. All photos have gone viral. You may have seen them after thieves targeted Union Pacific boxcars, leaving railroad tracks strewn with debris. And now the revelation from police in Los Angeles who say guns were among the items stolen from freight containers in Lincoln Heights earlier this month. Now, it's unknown just how many weapons here that we're talking about are unaccounted for. Some blame lax progressive policies on crime for enticing criminals. California Governor Gavin Newsom was so disgusted by the situation he helped clean up the mess. The governor linking the mess to a scene out of a third world country. We need all of us to recognize our collective and individual responsibility to do more and start supporting one another to address these issues. So Union Pacific and D.A. George Gascon traded accusations which, with each other over these thefts. Six suspects were arrested last week in connection with these freight train thefts. But the guns remain missing. More Biden administration flights of illegal immigrants to locations around the country. The latest, a large number of single adult illegal immigrants, some of whom reportedly paid $2,000 to illegally enter the country through cartel smugglers, were flown to places like Houston, Miami and Atlanta on Tuesday. The illegal immigrants were released earlier in the day by ICE and seen boarding buses in Brownsville, Texas, before being taken to Harrington Airport. Almost 180,000 migrants crossed the U.S. border in December, surpassing previous December numbers, and only around 75,000 crossed the border back in December 2020. Well, Iran and Russia are apparently aligning Iranian President Ibrahim Raisi touted a closer alliance with Russia during an interview that was on Tuesday. Raisi touted how Iran and Russia were actually trying to neutralize U.S. sanctions with talks about generating up to $10 billion in trade. The comments come after the Iranian president and Russian president Vladimir Putin met at the Kremlin last week. All right, 77 W.A.B.C. time, check 515. Justin Ellick in the house with a look at sports. Morning, Justin.
5: Good morning, Deb. I am in the house indeed, and I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. Let's get right into the, the local action from last night as we were only treated to a pair of basketball matchups. The Knicks were in Miami to battle a heat team that, simply put, is more talented and more well-rounded. Duncan Robinson stood out for the home team Heat with 25 points, leading three other Miami players with 20 points or more in a 110-96 win over the Knicks. Obi Toppin topped the box score for the Knicks, pouring in 18 points off the bench. The Knicks will play next tomorrow night when they face the Bucks in Milwaukee. Now for some Nets talk as they were at home hosting the Denver Nuggets. The Nets were without all three of their stars in Harden, Irving, and Durant, but were still able to put up a formidable fight against the visiting Nuggets. Unfortunately, fighting formidably doesn't always guarantee a win, as the Nets couldn't get enough from their supporting cast in a 124-118 to 118 loss. Brooklyn will now take a trip out west to face the Warriors on Saturday night. No ice hockey last night, but let's look ahead to this evening when all three local teams are set for 7 p.m. Eastern time faceoffs. The Rangers are in Columbus to skate with the Blue Jackets. The Islanders will welcome in the Los Angeles Kings. And the Devils will take a shot at the Lightning in Tampa Bay. Here with your early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77
3: WABC.
1: Thanks, Justin. Traffic on the 7s. Here's Mike Garcia at the traffic desk.
3: Thank you, Deb. Over at Mount Vernon, the exit that was blocked off at Hutchinson River Parkway southbound has been cleared. But the, uh, but the exit at I-87 northbound at exit 1 in Yonkers is still blocked due to an emergency water main. Over to Staten Island, the Verizonal Bridge for the lower level westbound, all lanes are closed due to road construction. As a reminder, both east and westbound, West 135th Street between 7th and 5th Avenue are closed due to last minute, last Friday's fatal police shooting. On 5th Avenue today, there will be a wake service at St. Patrick's Cathedral for Officer Jason Rivera from 1 to 8 p.m., so expect delays and closures during service. Alternate side parking rules are in effect today. I'm Mike Garcia with you, our
1: travel report on 77 WABC. Your forecasts from the Ramsey Monster Weather Center. Sunshine today are high right at the freezing mark of 32. Increasing clouds overnight, the low is 27. Now we have a 30% chance of snow showers throughout the day tomorrow as a nor'easter approaches. It is expected to bring up to a foot of snow to Manhattan And uh, we'll keep an eye on that for you. Let's head over to Frank Marano with your business report.
6: I'm Frank Moreno with your business report. A mixed day of trading on Wall Street yesterday. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones lost 130 points. The S&P 500 dropped less than 7 points. And the NASDAQ gained almost 3 points. Meantime, the Federal Reserve met Wednesday. And Chair Jerome Powell has indicated the feds will begin steadily raising interest rates in mid-March in an effort to drive down inflation. Powell signaled that the central bank is ready to raise rates at its meeting March 15th. Sixteenth, lifting rates faster than during the previous decade. The hike in rates is in response to soaring inflation rates at their highest level in nearly 40 years under the Biden administration. If the hikes do indeed happen, they'd be the first since December of 2018. The IRS has warned that cryptocurrencies and NFTs are ripe for financial crime, alerting potential traders to exercise caution and be aware of the tax implications. Ryan Corner, special agent in charge of the Los Angeles field office, Office at the IRS Criminal Division, delivered the warning during an event hosted by the USC Gould School of Law on Tuesday. He said that digital assets were a growing area of concern for regulators and tax collectors, and that the space was rife with money laundering. Market manipulation and tax evasion. Non fungible tokens or NFTs are a trendy new technology that involves a unique digital token encrypted with an artist's signature which verifies its ownership and authenticity. And finally, Elon Musk said Tesla won't introduce new models this year as the electric car maker bets on increasing deliveries over diversifying its product offerings in the face of ongoing supply chain disruptions as the company reported record earnings on wednesday musk said that churning out new vehicles such as the long-awaited Cybertruck pickup would dent tesla's growth it's been nearly two years since tesla last put a new model the model y into customers hands i'm frank
1: moreno with your business report
0: the wabc early news
1: Good morning. I'm Deborah Valentine with the early news. Well, New York's Governor Kathy Hochul meeting with Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg tomorrow over his soft on crime policies. Adams, you'll remember, unveiled his new anti-crime blueprint earlier this week, announcing plainclothes units in 30 crime-ridden neighborhoods. And Adams and Hochul, though, are divided over the controversial issue of bail reform. Oco backs bail reform that keeps judges from jailing defendants in misdemeanor and some felony cases differing from Adam and He wants New York state lawmakers to make changes to bail reform laws.
3: We have become an ocean of violence, a sea of violence. There are many rivers that are feeding
1: this sea. The mayor wants judges to have the discretion to be able to consider the potential dangerous actions of a defendant while addressing bail. On a rare display of bipartisanship, six New York Republican congressional members say they agree with Mayor Eric Adams of New York City that Albany lawmakers need to reform that radical bail reform law. Staten Island Congresswoman Nicole Maliatakis spoke with WABC's Lydia Serrani on how if New Yorkers want to be safe again, Democrats and Republicans must work together.
4: And this is Lydia Serrani. On the line with me right now is Congresswoman Nicole Melliatakis. How are you, Congresswoman? It's good to be with you. Thank you the city's a mess out there. Mayor Eric Adams, he's trying to do the right thing. He's asking for Governor Hochul to do something, reform this ridiculous bail reform law. The top judges are agreeing, but you also have the top legislators. You have Hasty, you have Andrea Stewart-Cousins. Both of them are refusing to do anything. And Andrea Stewart-Cousins just said to a reporter up in Albany that according to her data, 98% of the people that are released on bail do not reoffend. I mean, is she delusional? Is she
7: lying? Is she making up stuff? Because that's not the data that I'm seeing. It's not the data that I've seen either. And that was released by uh, the court. The reality is, is you have tens of thousands of people who are being released that are career criminals or repeat offenders uh, or are repeating offenses when they are released. So this is uh, something that needs to be addressed. And I think Eric Adams is correct in pursuing changes and fixes to this radical bail law which, you know, I've been calling for it to be performed. We, we, when I was a state legislator, we were able to get certain things done, manslaughter, homicide, felony drug charges were reinstated. Think about that, that we had to fight for seven months just to get those violent crimes reinstated onto a list in which a judge can use discretion. And what Eric Adams wants to do now is also look at dangerousness, which means you would consider someone's, Criminal history and their 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 ability to go out there and commit another crime, particularly violent ones, uh, if they are released. And we're the only state right now that does not consider dangerousness, and that is wrong. They keep bringing up Khalif Browder. Khalif Browder
4: was that African American young man that clearly had some issues. He committed suicide. He was in Rikers. He stole a backpack. We're not talking about that. That was an egregious, horrific example. What we're talking about is, like you just said, repeat offenders, violent
7: felons. People in America are entitled to their right to a speedy trial. Under no circumstances should Khalif Browder have been in prison for the amount of time that he was. And that was tragic. But it doesn't take away from the fact that you are seeing people with extensive criminal histories—twelve, 12, 24, 36 arrests being released back onto the street either because of this radical bail law or because of a bad judge that is putting uh, criminals before victims. And that is why I say the other thing that Eric Adams needs to do is appoint better judges. We need to make sure we support our police officers, that we have their back. We need to hold those Democrats who voted for that radical bail law accountable
4: Well, thank you so much, Congresswoman Nicole Meliotakis, always speaking the truth. And again, this is Lydia Sarani for 77 WABC News.
1: So far, top Albany lawmakers say they are not budging and are refusing to make any changes to the controversial bail reform laws in New York State.
0: It's the WABC Early News.
1: All right, President Joe Biden, he plans to visit New York City next Thursday. The president planning to meet with New York City Mayor Eric Adams over escalating gun violence. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said that Biden is committed to being a strong federal partner for New York City and other jurisdictions that have been struggling with increased gun crime during the past two years.
4: President Biden reiterated his adm- admiration for the brave men and women of law enforcement who risk their lives on a daily basis to protect our communities.
1: Shooting incidents in New York City are up 24 percent this year compared to the same period last year. Biden called Adams Monday night to offer condolences over the fatal shooting of NYPD officers Rivera and Mora. Well, Daily Beast senior editor is Harry Siegel. Now, he predicted in a column Wednesday that if New York City Mayor Eric Adams doesn't deliver on his campaign promise to tamp down on crime, Democrats will be toast. Siegel suggests that if Adams doesn't deliver, the Democratic Party is doomed, giving Republicans plenty of fodder. In his Blueprint to End Gun Violence address on Monday, Adams pledged to combat gun violence, targeting the flow of illegal weapons into New York City.
6: I want to be clear. This is not just a plan for the future. It is a plan for right now. Gun violence is a public health
1: crisis. There's no time to wait. We must act. But Siegel said a few roadblocks stand in Adams' way, including a new DA Alvin Bragg, as well as state lawmakers' opposition to Adams' push to change the Raise the Age law, which would keep gun-toting juveniles behind bars. Well, the left-wing Working Families Party, which claims to fight for the interests of blue-collar workers, has declared war on the unions representing uniformed officers. A copy of the party's 2022 candidate questionnaire was obtained by the New York Post and says... The WFP is pressuring candidates who seek their endorsement in the 2022 elections to shun support from law enforcement unions, representing B cops and correction officers. Now, the party is also pressuring candidates to oppose charter schools that serve mostly black and Hispanic children of working class parents. The questionnaire also urges candidates who want their backing to go easier on criminals and defendants, including blocking any changes to the controversial bail law. 77 WABC time check, 527. Let's head over to the traffic desk with Mike Garcia. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Deb. At Yonkers, the exit is still
3: blocked off on I-87 northbound at exit 1 due to an emergency water main. Over to Staten Island on the Verrazano Bridge for the lower level westbound, all lanes are closed due to the road construction. As a reminder, both east and westbound West 135th Street uh, between 7th and 5th Avenue are closed due to last Friday's fatal police shooting. On 5th Avenue, there will be a wake service today at St. Patrick's Cathedral for Officer Jason Rivera. Rest in peace to him. From 1 to 8 p.m. So expect delays and closures during service. Alternate side parking rules are in effect today. I'm Mike Garcia with your travel report on 77 WABC. Your
1: forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. We have a nor'easter on approach for today. Sunshine or high near 32 wind gusts to 21 miles per hour. Some increase in clouds overnight. The low down to 27. Now Friday throughout the day we have a 30% chance of snow flurries. Cloudy skies, a high near 36 And up to a foot of snow forecast for Manhattan, more on Long Island and Connecticut. Snow is expected to begin to fall around midnight Friday into Saturday morning. Right now, 19 degrees, clear skies. Well, you won't want to miss this big announcement happening today on 77 WABC. Join Bernie and sit in the morning program at 740 for this huge announcement. New Yorkers certainly will not want to miss it.
0: All right, 77 WABC early news.
1: Yep, 77 WABC time check is 528. A couple more stories heading into the break for you. Apple CEO Tim Cook now granted a temporary restraining order. That's because this uh, woman, an alleged female stalker, has been uh, trying to contact him and follow him for years now. This stalker allegedly sent Cook photos of a loaded gun. She also claimed they were married and that he had fathered twins with her. So the Independent reporting that this stalker is from Virginia, but the publication isn't naming her because she hasn't actually been charged with a crime. But she's reportedly stalked the Apple CEO for more than a year, trespassed on his home and sent him hundreds of threatening emails, according to court documents. Now, in these court documents, Apple alleges that the woman registered fake corporations under Mr. Cook's name and wrote on Twitter that he would be suicided in his condo apple filed for that temporary restraining order last week against this 45 year old woman and it was in fact granted well he had suffered from bipolar disorder peter robbins the voice of charlie brown throughout the 1960s has died by suicide his family says brown died last week i've children. oh everything i touch gets ruined Life was not all rosy for the actor. Brown spent uh, five years in prison from 2015 to uh, 2019 uh, after Robbins made criminal threats against multiple people. Robbins went to prison for sending threatening letters to a property manager where he lived and then sending letters to the media offering $50,000 to have the San Diego County Sheriff Bill Gore killed. And after being released from prison, he turned his life around and advocated for those with bipolar disorder to try and get professional help. So Peter Robbins, the voice of Charlie Brown, uh, dead now uh, only uh, in his uh, early 60s, 64 years old, actually. All right. 77 WABC time check. 5.30 Deb Valentine with your early news. We'll be back after the break.
0: Entertaining and informative. It's the WABC early news on 77 WABC.
1: Welcome to the 77 WABC early news. I'm Deborah Valentine with your early news. And also coming up, sports, traffic, weather and business. Here is your top five at 5.30.
0: It's the top five at
1: 5.30. New York's governor Kathy Hochul plans to meet tomorrow with Manhattan's soft on crime DA Alvin Bragg. The body of fallen NYPD officer Wilbert Mora has been transferred from a hospital to a funeral home, while services for his fallen partner Jason Rivera start today. President Joe Biden will have a vacancy to fill on the U.S. Supreme Court. Progressives are pressuring him to keep a campaign promise to fill that vacancy with a black woman. Russia's threatened to take retaliatory measures if the U.S. and its allies reject Moscow's demands over the Ukraine crisis. Old man winter on approach as a nor'easter heads our way from North Carolina up to a foot of snow could fall. All right, a high-stakes meeting on Friday between New York's Governor Kathy Hochul and Manhattan's new soft-on-crime DA Alvin Bragg. The governor told the New York Post that she has warned Bragg she is prepared to use her powers as governor to reverse his soft on crime policies issued in a 17 page memo. January 3rd, the governor says she wants to make sure she and the progressive D.A. are in alignment. The governor in the past, though, has said that people don't quite understand why there is a need for bail reform.
2: Two individuals accused of identical crimes, offenses, even stealing a backpack. And one person goes to Rikers for three years because they couldn't post bail. Another person whose parents have money or they're living in the suburbs and uh, they can head back after posting bail to their jobs, to school and a different life. That is what bail reform set out to do. And so I stand behind that fundamental premise.
1: So Governor Hochul will reportedly meet tomorrow with Bragg at her New York City office on Third Avenue here in Manhattan Bragg's memo directed staff to drop certain misdemeanor cases or not seek bail or prison time at all in others. Nine prosecutors quit in protest. Bragg's memo sparked outrage and also a petition for his recall. A long line of blue. Hundreds of NYPD officers saluted as the body of fallen NYPD officer Wilbert Mora was taken from NYU Langone to a funeral home Wednesday. The 27-year-old officer died Tuesday. His partner, Jason Rivera, died Friday after the two were shot in Harlem while responding to a domestic violence call. Live On New York CEO Leonard H. told News 12 that Morris saved lives, even in death, by having his organs donated.
3: A single organ donor can save up to eight individuals' lives, and with tissue donation, can change the lives of as many as 50
1: people. Rivera's wake is today at St. Patrick's Cathedral in Manhattan from 1 to 8 p.m. His funeral mass is tomorrow starting at 9 a.m., followed by a private burial in Westchester County. Mora's wake is Tuesday and his funeral Wednesday also at St. Patrick's Cathedral. Well, President Joe Biden plans apparently to keep a campaign promise of nominating a black woman to the U.S. Supreme Court. 83-year-old Justice Stephen Breyer is stepping down at the end of the current term. Now, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki reinforced Biden's promise yesterday. Does President Biden plan to honor his pledge to nominate a black woman to the court?
4: Well, I've commented on this previously. The president has uh, stated and reiterated his commitment to nominating a black woman to the Supreme Court and certainly
1: uh, stands by that. And Biden and Breyer plan to hold an event at the White House later today to formally announce Breyer's plans to retire. Breyer at 83 is the oldest justice on the high court. He's been under pressure from liberal activists to retire. On Biden's shortlist are U.S. Circuit Judge Katanji Brown Jackson and Leander Kruger, a justice on California Supreme Court, and U.S. District Judge J. Michelle Childs. A threat from Russia. It's all over Ukraine. Over the Ukraine crisis, Russia threatened Wednesday to take retaliatory measures if the United States and its allies reject Russian President Vladimir Putin's security demands. Putin's statement ramps up already high tensions over Russia's potential invasion of Ukraine. Here's NATO Secretary Jens Stoltenberg.
4: This takes place under the disguise of an exercise, but it integrates very much the Russian forces and the Belarusian forces. And these are highly capable combat-ready troops, and there is no transparency on uh, these deployments The
1: Kremlin actually wants the U.S. to provide written guarantees that Ukraine and other former Soviet bloc states would never be allowed to join NATO. Now, Russia also wants the Western alliance to roll back troop deployments into Eastern Europe. Russia has more than 100,000 troops staged at Ukraine's border. It denies plans of an impending invasion. Instead, Russia claims it's countering military actions by the United States and European allies. Well, nor'easter is on the move, expected to blanket New York City with up to a foot of snow Friday, late Friday into Saturday. Higher amounts are forecast for Long Island and Connecticut. Here's meteorologist Mike Haddad of WMUR-TV. He has the forecast. Many things could change, but based on the current
3: thinking... It looks like heavy snow is possible for some. The best case for that would be closer to the coast this time around, as the storm should be far enough offshore that it's all light, fluffy snow and the heaviest precipitation tallies closer to the coastline.
1: So the heaviest snowfall is expected to start around midnight on Friday into early Saturday, while the Big Apple could get up to between anywhere from 8 to 12 inches of snow Parts of the eastern and Long Island may see even more up to 18 inches before this quick-hitting storm leaves our region. Wind gusts as well could hit as high as 45 miles per hour. 77 WABC Time Check 537. Mike Garcia is at the <laughs> traffic desk. Thank you, Deb. At
3: Yonkers, the exit is still blocked off on I-87, northbound at exit 1 for an emergency water main. Over to Staten Island on the Verrazano Bridge for the lower level westbound, all lanes are closed due to road construction. As a reminder, both east and westbound west, 135th Street between 7th and 5th Avenue are all closed due to last Friday's fatal police shooting. There's some stop-and-go traffic at the VQE I-278 eastbound between exit 26 and exit 28, so please plan accordingly. On 5th Avenue, there will be a wig service today at St. Saint- Patrick's Cathedral for Officer Jason Rivera from 1 to 8 p.m. So expect delays and closures during service. Alternate side parking rules are in effect today. I'm Mike Garcia with your traffic report on 77 WABC. In your
1: forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine today, our highs 32, wind gusts as high as 21 miles per hour. Overnight, increase in clouds, the lows 27. Tomorrow, 30% chance of snow showers throughout the day. Cloudy, the high near 36, then the temperature falls. To 19 on Saturday, up to a foot of snow forecast for the New York City area late Friday night into early Saturday. Right now, we have a reading of 19 degrees, mostly clear skies. With Justice Stephen Brewer stepping down, what does that mean for the country as a whole? Who will President Biden pick to fill the seat? And is the political pendulum swinging back to the middle? W.A.B.C.'s Lydia Serrani spoke with political analyst Hank Schenkoff. And this is Lydia
4: Serrani. On the line with me right now is political analyst Hank Schenkoff. How are you, Mr. Schenkoff?
8: I'm doing great. Thank you. I hope you're doing as well.
4: Yes, I am now. Supreme Court Justice Breyer, he is stepping down, 83 years old, oldest on the bench. Mm. Now Joe Biden has his has his opportunity to put another liberal there. There's even talk about Kamala Harris. Could that possibly be? Or is that just like crazy talk?
8: Not likely it's uh, Kamala Harris, but certainly the, the president has the opportunity now, or he will, to uh, nominate a Supreme Court justice to be uh, approved by the, uh, by, the, by the United States Senate. And why not? Breyer is 83. He served the nation. It's, uh, he wants to retire. And Biden ought to have his opportunity as well. Even if he puts another one on the bench, frankly, and it gets approved. It's not likely that the conservatives will, anytime in the near future, lose their majority, which they have on the Supreme Court and will likely have for at least a generation.
4: Breyer has always been known for his integrity. Unfortunately, can't say the same for some of our politicians here in New York during that press conference on Friday night where those two officers were basically executed, ambushed by that career criminal. I happen to notice public advocate Jumani Williams was there standing behind Mayor Adams. He seemed all fidgety and uncomfortable, and, and rightfully so. I mean, here's a guy who basically wants to get rid of the police altogether.
8: He, uh, he, has, he attacked those uh, important and tremendously effective and, and honorable civil servants who are school safety agents in New York City, and most of whom are African-American women. Calling on women of color overall, calling them, uh, accusing them of being, uh, I think, deviants, um, perverts, criminals, uh, which is an abject lie. Um, He has a problem with law enforcement overall, but has no problems living in a gated community and having 24 hour around the clock uh, police protection as the city's public advocate.
4: Could we possibly be seeing the pendulum swing back towards the middle? Because I feel like the country went way, 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 way left. And that's not truly representative of how most Americans
8: are. Well, what's going to happen is that uh, this shooting, this dastardly murder of two uh, fine police officers, Yorkies, um, effectively, uh, uh, just beyond imagination. And the pain that the families feel and the pain the cities feel is going to result in more Republicans being elected across the country.
4: Biden's polling numbers, they're in the toilet. Uh, it, it's not looking good for the Democrats for the midterms or for the 2024. What, what are your predictions?
8: My predictions are that the Republicans take the House and the Senate right now. That's today, as we speak in January of 2022. But, you know, all is not lost for the Democrats. Um, It depends to some extent what happens now in in foreign affairs. Democrats, if they want to stay in power, need to wake up. Will they have power in New York? Yeah. But what will it mean for the rest of the country? It's not good news. Not good
4: news at all. Well, thank you so much, political analyst Hank Schenkoff. And again, this is Lydia Serrano for 77 WABC News.
1: With Democrats holding the narrowest of majorities in the upper chamber, Biden will have to choose somebody who can safely get 50 votes in the U.S. Senate.
0: It's the WABC Early News.
1: All right, of course, 83-year-old U.S. Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer planning to retire. Now, in response, progressive Democrats are turning up the heat on President Biden to make good on his campaign promise to nominate a black woman to the high court. On Biden's shortlist are U.S. Circuit Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson and Leander Kruger, a justice on California Supreme Court, and U.S. District Judge J. Michelle Childs. Here's attorney Andy McCarthy on Fox News.
3: I think Katanji
1: Brown Jackson
3: is certainly the favorite here. The other thing I throw into the mix about her, which I haven't heard too much of up till now, she's a briar clerk.
1: Also, one of the names being uh, bantered about is Sheffield Eiffel, the president and director counsel of the NAACP's Legal Defense Fund. As George Floyd protests raged, she'll remember during the summer of 2020, Eiffel advocated for defunding the police during an appearance on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Rather than
7: turn the entire public safety regime over to armed law enforcement officers,
1: we need to look at that funding, reduce that funding, and use it to support these other services. According to the FBI, the U.S. experienced a nearly 30 percent jump in homicides in 2020 compared with the previous year as all these protests raged. President Biden and Breyer planned to hold an announcement later today at the White House. Well, there is yet more controversy surrounding Vice President Kamala Harris, the VP today, plans to attend the inauguration of new socialist Honduran President Xiomara Castro. The Honduran president's inner circle has made problematic statements about Israel and Jewish people. Honduras is one of the three northern triangle countries that account for the flood of migrants coming over the U.S.-Mexico border. President Biden charged terrorists with running point with leaders of Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador so they could address the root causes of migration that quickly opened the VP up to political attacks from conservatives as border crossings surged. 77 WABC Time Check, 545 Sports with Justin Ellick.
5: Thanks, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. Let's get right into local action from last night as we were only treated to a pair of basketball matchups. The Knicks were in Miami to battle a Heat team that simply put is more talented and more well-rounded. Duncan Robinson stood out for the home team Heat with 25 points, leading three other Miami players with 20 points or more in a 110-96 win over the Knicks. Obi Toppin topped topped the box score for the Knicks, pouring in 18 points off the bench. The Knicks will play next tomorrow night when they face the Bucks in Milwaukee. Now for some Nets talk, as they were at home hosting the Denver Nuggets, the Nets were without all three of their stars in Harden, Irving, and Durant, but were still able to put up a formidable fight against the visiting Nuggets. Unfortunately, fighting formidably doesn't always guarantee a win, as the Nets couldn't get enough from their supporting cast in a 124-118 loss. Brooklyn will now take a trip out west to face the Warriors on Saturday night. No ice hockey last night, but let's look ahead to this evening when all three local teams are set for a 7 p.m. Eastern time face-off. The Rangers are in Columbus to skate with the Blue Jackets, the Islanders will welcome in the Los Angeles Kings, and the Devils will take a shot at the Lightning in Tampa Bay. Here with your early news sports update, I'm Justin Alec on 77
3: WABC. All right, let's head over to the traffic desk. Here's Mike Garcia. Thank you, Deb. On George Washington Bridge on the upper level outbound, there's road work blocking the right lane on the Ram to Palisades Parkway until 2.30. At Yonkers, the exit is still blocked off on I-87 northbound at exit 1 for an emergency water main. Over to Staten Island on the Verrazano Bridge for the lower level westbound, all lanes are closed due to the road construction. As a reminder, both east and westbound, West 135th Street between 7th and 5th Avenue are all closed due to last Friday's fatal police shooting. There's some some stop-and-go traffic at BQE I two seventy eight, eastbound between exit twenty six and exit twenty-eight A. On Fifth Avenue, there will be a wake service today at St. Patrick's Cathedral for Officer Jason Rivera from one to eight PM. So expect delays and closures during service. Also side parking rules are in effect today. I'm Mike Garcia with your you, traffic report on seventy seven WABC. Your
1: forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, Sunshine today, are high near thirty two winds to twenty one miles per hour. The overnight low is twenty seven increase in clouds. Tomorrow thirty percent chance of snow showers during the day. A nor'easter is approaching up to a foot of snow forecast for the Manhattan area from late Friday night into early Saturday, with temperatures plummeting Friday night to a high of 19 on Saturday. 77 WABC Time Check 538. Here's Frank Morano with your business report.
6: I'm Frank Moreno with your business report.
1: A mixed day of trading on Wall
6: Street yesterday. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones lost 130 points. The S&P 500 dropped less than seven points. And the NASDAQ gained almost three points. Meantime, the Federal Reserve met Wednesday. And Chair Jerome Powell has indicated the feds will begin steadily raising interest rates in mid-March in an effort to drive down inflation. Powell signaled that the central bank is ready to raise rates at its meeting March 15th and 16th lifting rates faster than during the previous decade. The hike in rates is in response to soaring inflation rates at their highest level in nearly 40 years under the Biden administration. If the hikes do indeed happen, they'd be the first since December of 2018. The IRS has warned that cryptocurrencies and NFTs are ripe for financial crime, alerting potential traders to exercise caution and be aware of the tax implications. Ryan Corner, special agent in charge of the Los Angeles field office at the IRS, criminal division delivered the warning during an event hosted by the usc gould school of law on tuesday he said that digital assets were a growing area of concern for regulators and tax collectors and that the space was rife with money laundering market manipulation and tax evasion. Non-fungible tokens or NFTs are a trendy new technology that involves a unique digital token encrypted with an artist's signature which verifies its ownership and authenticity. And finally Elon Musk said Tesla won't introduce new models this year as the electric car maker bets on increasing deliveries over diversifying its product offerings in the face of ongoing supply chain disruptions. As the company reported record earnings on Wednesday, Musk said that churning out new vehicles such as the long-awaited Cybertruck pickup would dent Tesla's growth. It's been nearly two years since Tesla last put a new model, the Model Y, into customers' hands. I'm Frank Moreno with your business report.
0: The WABC Early News.
1: Deb Valentine with your early news as we work our way to the Bernie and Sid in the Morning program. Coming up at 6 o'clock right here on 77 WABC. A blockbuster from former President Donald Trump. He said in a new online video that he will be the 47th president of the U.S., therefore suggesting not only that he'll run for the White House, but win. The video was posted by Breaking911. 45th president of the United States. 45th and 47th. 47th, yes. Yes. Trump made the comment during a visit to his Trump National Golf course down in Florida. The former president, though yet to make a formal announcement about 2024, but Trump has held a campaign-style rally in Arizona. He did so this month with another planned for Texas this coming Saturday. Well, a series of high-profile shootings in New York City, including five involving members of the NYPD, two fatal have prompted action not only from New York City Mayor Eric Adams, but New York's Governor Kathy Hochul's office. The governor meeting with Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg tomorrow. It's all over his soft on crime policies Adams unveiled his new anti-crime blueprint earlier this week, announcing plainclothes units in 30 crime-ridden neighborhoods. Adams and Hochul, though, divided over the controversial issue of bail reform. Hochul backs bail reform that keeps judges from jailing defendants in misdemeanor and some felony cases differing from Adams' stance. He wants New York State lawmakers to make changes to bail reform laws.
3: We have become an ocean of violence a sea of violence. There are many rivers that are feeding this sea.
1: The mayor wants judges to have the discretion to be able to consider the potential dangerous actions of a defendant while judges address bail. Well, President Joe Biden plans to come to New York City next week. On Thursday, the president planning to meet with New York City Mayor Eric Adams over escalating gun violence. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said that Biden is committed to being a strong federal partner for New York City. This is shooting incidents in New York City are up 24 percent this year compared to the same period in 2021. Biden called Adams Monday night to offer condolences as well over the fatal shooting of NYPD officers Rivera and Mora. Daily Beast senior editor Harry Siegel predicted in a column Wednesday that if New York City Mayor Adams doesn't deliver on his campaign promise to tamp down on crime, Democrats will be toast. Siegel suggested that if Adams does not deliver, the Democratic Party is doomed, giving Republicans, of course, plenty of fodder. Now, in his blueprint to end gun violence, his address on Monday, Adams pledged to combat gun violence, targeting the flow of illegal weapons into New York City.
6: I want to be clear. This is not just a plan for the future. It is a plan for right now. Gun violence is a public health crisis. There's no time to wait. We must act.
1: So Siegel also said a few roadblocks, though, stand in Adams' way, including new DA Alvin Bragg, as well as New York State lawmakers' opposition to Adams' push to change the the raise-the-age law, which would keep gun-toting juveniles behind bars. On The left-wing Working Families Party, which claims to fight for the interests of blue-collar workers, has declared war on the unions representing uniformed officers. Now, a copy of the party's 2022 candidate questionnaire was obtained by the New York Post and says that the WFP is pressuring candidates who seek their endorsement in 2022 elections to shun support from law enforcement unions representing beat cops and corrections officers. Now, the party is also pressuring candidates to oppose charter schools that serve mostly black and Hispanic kids of working class parents. And this questionnaire also urges candidates who want their backing to go, to, ease, to go easier on criminals and defendants, including blocking any changes to the controversial bail reform law. On Upper East Side, Rite Aid right here in Manhattan has been targeted by thieves so many times in the past couple of months that it is actually being forced to shut down as of February 15th. Now, this drugstore is at 80th Street and 2nd Avenue. Residents in that pricey upscale Manhattan neighborhood also fearing now the violence will spill over to them. On Tuesday, actor Michael Rappaport says he was disgusted after catching a blatant shoplifting incident at that Rite Aid. This
8: guy just
0: filled his two bags up with everything in Rite Aid right here on 80th and 1st Avenue. He's walking down the street like
1: is Gucci. Look at me in my face like what's good. So the actor and comedian Michael Rappaport said he was so disgusted by seeing this guy fill two bags with stolen goods before nonchalantly strolling past security and leaving. Rappaport said he thinks Mayor Eric Adams could right the ship and that he hopes a new mayor lives up to our expectations. Right, I did announce in December 2021 that 63 stores will close in order to save about $25 million per year, but workers say that the thefts are All part of the reason for these closures as inventory dwindles. An announcement from New York City's Department of Education. The city's DOA says it is shortening the isolation and quarantine period for students and school staff who test positive for COVID-19 or who are unvaccinated and then exposed to the COVID-19 virus. So this new policy states that most students and staff members who test positive will have to isolate only for five days as opposed to 10 days. However, those looking to return can only do so after being fever-free for 24 hours without the use of medication and must wear a well-fitting mask such as a KN95 or KF94 for five days after returning. And the DOT adds that students and staff are not required to produce a negative COVID test in order to return to school. All right, 77 WABC time check coming up on 557. Let's head over to the traffic desk with Mike Garcia.
3: All righty, on George Washington Bridge on Upper Level, there's road work blocking the right lane on the Ram to Palisades Parkway until 2.30 p.m. today. At Yonkers, the exit is blocked off on I-87 northbound at exit 1 for an emergency water main. Over to Staten Island on the Verrazano Bridge for the lower level westbound, all lanes are closed due to road construction. As a reminder, both east and westbound West 135th Street between 7th and 5th Avenue are all closed due to last Friday's fatal police shooting. On 5th Avenue today, there will be a wake service at St. Patrick's. Patrick's Cathedral for Officer Jason Rivera from 1 to 8 p.m. So expect delays and closures during service. Also inside side parking rules
1: are in effect today. I'm Mike Garcia with your traffic report on Sunday 7, 7 WABC. All right. Thanks, Mike. And your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center calling for sunshine today. Our high right near the freezing mark, 32 degrees, wind gusts to 21 miles per hour. Overnight increasing clouds low down to 27. We have a 30 percent chance of snow showers during the day on Friday. The high near 36, but temperatures will begin to fall. Up to a foot of snow forecast from the nor'easter that is on approach late Friday night. Snow expected to start around midnight Friday into Saturday morning. Higher amounts for Long Island and Connecticut. Right now we have a reading of 21 degrees under clear skies here in Manhattan. We're working our way to the Bernie and Sid in the morning program coming up at 6 o'clock right here on 77 WABC. And you won't want to miss a big announcement Happening only right here on 77 WABC during the Bernie and Sid in the morning program at 740. New Yorkers certainly will want to hear about that. So 740 right here on 77 WABC during the Bernie and Sid in the morning program. Uh, Apple CEO Tim Cook has apparently uh, had to uh, take some measures because he is being stalked by a woman. He actually went to court and was granted a temporary restraining order against his female stalker. The stalker allegedly sent Cook photos of a loaded gun. She also claimed they were married and that he had fathered twins. The Independent reporting, the stalkers from Virginia, but the publication not naming this woman, 45 years old because she hasn't actually been charged with a crime. But uh, she's reportedly stalked the Apple CEO, Tim Cook, for more than a year, trespassed on his home, and also sent him hundreds of threatening emails, according to court documents. Now, in these court documents... Apple alleges that the woman registered fake corporations under Cook's name and wrote on Twitter that he would be suicided in his condo. Apple ended up filing for that temporary restraining order last week against the woman and was, in fact, granted that TRO. All right. 77 WABC time check, 5.59, working our way to the Bernie and Sid in the morning program. And once again... You don't want to miss that big announcement during Bernie and Sid coming up at 740, only on 77 WABC. And uh, New Yorkers certainly, I hear, will not want to miss that one. All right, Deb Valentine with your early news. Have a terrific day. We'll be back here with your early news tomorrow morning at 5 o'clock. Be with us.